What up, y'all? It's Mildly Professional with Amber and Lara. And today we're going to talk about a theory I have on dating and um, your job search. And also we're going to talk about friendships post-grad. We got two gals from a college town Making memories, going through the business route With a little experience, a whole lot of ambition They go about their lives on a never-ending mission To share their knowledge everywhere they go Now it's time for my people start off with taking a random quiz from this book that I have that um, my friend Christina bought me for Christmas or something called Awesome Social Media Quizzes. Love it. So here we are. So today we're gonna find out what's in your pirate's chest. <laughs> <laughs> and it is very themed. It sounds so dirty. Is it? <laughs> I don't know but what does it mean? What does it mean? <laughs> what does it mean? <laughs> Obviously, we're in the TikTok era. Oh my gosh. People will listen to our podcast in 100 years and be like, why did they just break out in song? <laughs> How do they know this song? Oh, Miley Cyrus. Okay, so if you were a pirate and sailed the rugged seas, what would you be on a mission to pilfer and plunder? Ooh. What would be in your treasure chest? Number one. Okay. What does valuable mean to you? A, rare and beautiful. B, maximum sparkle factor. C, monetary value. D, irreplaceable and unique. Or E, luxurious and pure. I'm going to go with irreplaceable and unique. <gasps> That's what I think as well. That is correct. Is where I thought you were about to say. And I was like, wow, is this about my morals? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's the right answer. Yeah. We'll see if you continue mm-hmm. on this track. It was between that and like the beauty one. As soon as you said irreplaceable, I was like, yep. And that's on, <laughs> that's on irreplaceable. Irreplaceable and unique. Rare and beautiful is kind of the same thing, but whatever. Mm-hmm. We won't talk about that. We won't yeah. critique. We're so... We are so liberal arts degree right. people. Okay, anyway. Mm-hmm. Number two. Uh-huh. What would be your ship's mascot? The Hufflepuffs. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so we have A, a raven. Mm-hmm. B, a serpent. Mm-hmm. C, a parrot. D, a giant squid. Or E, a shark. I'm going to go with a raven. A raven. Yeah. Okay. So I kind of accidentally took some of these quizzes with my crazy ex-boyfriend. So I already have my answers to these (laughs) marked down and we'll just remember that. Okay. So number three, Mm -hmm. what emblem would be on your pirate ship's main sail? So basically you want cross swords, you want stripes, you want skull and crossbones, you want lightning bolts, or you want the whole sail would be bright red. I'm going to go with, ooh, between stripes and bright red. Bright red. Okay. See, I just forgot also that I'm not saying my answer. So my answer is also the whole sail would be bright red. Okay. So we're the same. Yeah. Look at us. It almost was stripes. I like symmetry, like in symbols and stuff. So like the cross swords, yeah, but I'm not a violent person. So that wouldn't really make sense. You're like, this isn't actually a pirate ship. <laughs> I am not a real pirate ship. I'm actually a merchant <laughs> in the, all the great seas. Number four. Mm-hmm. What is the most important to a pirate captain? A. The ship's crew. B. A keen eye on the watch. C. Plenty of loot. D. A sturdy ship. Or E. Plenty of weapons. The the crew. Okay. I think that too. Because without the crew, none of that matters. Thank you. I remember having this conversation with my crazy (laughs) ex-boyfriend. And he said, a sturdy ship. Probably because you don't have a crew. Unless you have a... A ship. Okay. So what's most important to a pirate captain, a sturdy ship. But see, we believe in the people. In the people, yes. We, we need the people. Because mm-hmm. what's a sturdy ship without a crew? That's right. You might as well just all die on a broken ship. It's true. But you're not going to... Oh, I remember what I said. Mm-hmm. Or I might be making this up now. But you're not going to have a sturdy ship. You ain't got nobody to repair it. You're going to need a crew who knows how to fix your ship to make it nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Okay. I'm with you. 100%. We're, we're on a team here. We've answered the same so far three out of four questions. Wow. Because so... we're almost the same person in a lot of ways. That's on being best friends. That's on being best friends. Number five. Okay. Which of these would you do as a pirate? A. None of them. (laughs) I'm not a pirate. I'm I'm a merchant. (laughs) I am a merchant ship. Do not attack. But A. Okay. Mm -hmm. Drink and spend my fortune. Mm -hmm. Your husband would do that. Yep. Okay. B. Attack and invade land to rob treasures. (laughs) 
Yeah, that sounds like me. <laughs> Immediately no. Immediately no. C. Find and hoard hidden treasure. Okay. That's also a hard no for me. I don't know how you're feeling, but okay. Uh, between the treasure ones so far, that one is more appealing to me. But just hoard it? Just to like, eh, but more appealing than the other ones. So okay, far. okay, okay. But not. Just wait for the final two. Okay. D. Retire in wealth. Ooh. Or E. Steal other pirate ships to create a fleet. <laughs> I'm going to go with retire because, again, I'm yes! a merchant. <laughs> like, get out the game while you can. Oh, my gosh. Me, too. Love well, because I was like, it. if I found treasure, okay, maybe if I was actually a pirate, I would probably hoard it and not tell anybody. You know how, like, people win yeah. the lottery? Yeah. Like, do not tell anybody I won the lottery. Right. So I get it. But also, I can't do that. Mm. I would want to give it to people. Mm-hmm. I'd split it up. Yep, because we're good people. And we we're merchants. Right. We're merchants. We're providing good to the world. It's like me and playing Settlers of Catan. It's like. Oh. Oh I'm a gosh. merchant. I'm the traveling merchant. Leave me alone. That game will be my demise. It is so fun. Okay. We're almost through. Okay. Well, we're halfway through. Okay. Number six. What would be your signature trademark? A, an eye patch. Mm-hmm. B, a feathered hat. C, a peg leg. D, tattoos. Or E, a scar. Ooh. I don't know. I was going to say the feathered hat, then, but then the scars, because like I got my surgery one. You're like a back brace. A back brace. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, it, just, it just hit me in waves like uh-huh, and then uh-huh. like picturing a pirate with a back brace is really sad. Well just or like any time that I tell people, oh yeah, my friend Laura, oh yeah, she had back surgery. How old is your friend Laura? 80. <laughs> right. She was 23. Oh my gosh. Um, I think 22 at the time, right? Um, I think you were 23, but I could be wrong. I think I had I've been just, saying, oh, was I 23? You were 23. But you because I because I had 22. it in December, and, and that's then even worse. I know <laughs> that whole year makes a difference. Oh my gosh. Okay, so are you thinking scar? I'm gonna go with the feather cap after all. Feather cap. Yeah, I could see. I could see that. Yankee Doodle came to town riding on that pony. All right, so a feathered hat. Interesting. I put scar because I was like, if I was a pirate, I'd want people to be like, oh, she means business. But I'm a merchant, so. Oh my. God. <laughs> <laughs> right, merchants don't need scars. Right. If I had one, but if I was, like, you know, not going with my pacifist route, I would okay. say, like, a scar or, like, tattoos. Yeah, like, proof of, one. right, like, tattoos, but tattoos were a chosen thing. I'd want it to be, like, I went through war. You should be scared mm-hmm. of me. That is true. Yeah. it's a good point. We'll see. But you have a feathered hat, so we're good to go. But we're good. Yeah. <laughs> That's your true <laughs> My feathered hat. That is such a Laura answer. I love it. <laughs> Oh, here's a good one. Okay. How would you punish your prisoners? Oh, God. Now here's the dirty <laughs> you have prisoners. You have prisoners. Okay. A, keep them in a brig. Ooh. B, stone them. Oh, dear God. C, make them walk the plank. <gasps> D, torture them with weird gadgets. Or E, make them work on the ship. I'm on, mm, but then again, I almost said make them work. But then I was like, slavery's bad. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I'm going to go with keep them in the brig keep them in the brig compared to all the others that's the most gracious i could do okay so i said make them work the ship and not because of slavery (laughs) i was not even thinking that this is why we need each other because i wasn't thinking slavery i was thinking oh i'm gonna build a good team that's what i i'll turn them they won't be prisoners anymore they will have chosen to work this ship but no they had to not they're prisoners they didn't choose i stole them that i would so funny. never but like you know what realistically realistically i probably do mm. is first of all not have prisoners but second yes. of all i have prisoners for some reason so sure sure you inherited this keep them in the brig mm-hmm. but then just kind of be like hey you can chill here or like you can go sweep some planks. Off. Yes. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. Okay. And then maybe see, but my whole thing is why are they prisoners? Why do I have these prisoners? Right. Are really... they like the murderous kind of prisoners? Or like they ran during battle kind of prisoner? Because there is a difference. Yeah. Or like what if in some, in my imaginary world where things are perfect, mm-hmm. they need me. Mm. I've saved them. They're not really prisoners. 
So maybe that. Yeah. I'm going to go with work the ship because we don't want prisoners anyway. But right. I'll make them work. And you're going to keep them in the brig. Yep. Okay. Which name would you want as your pirate name? Ooh, this is important. A, Captain Blackjack. Oh, yeah. B, Captain Barbossa. Barbossa. Whoops. Is that? Barbossa. Bar- you're right. Barbossa from Pirates of the Caribbean. I'll oh, see. I don't know that. Okay. You're welcome. I don't know anything about, <laughs> you know more about pirates than me. Who's the real merchant here? <laughs> You're correcting my pirate slang. <laughs> I've been around them a lot because I'm a merchant. <laughs> oh my gosh. I've worked with many pirates. Many pirates. And C, Captain Hook. Uh-huh. B, Captain Blackbeard. Or E, Captain Willie. That just sounds dirty too. <laughs> Captain Willie. I guess Barbosa sounds cooler to me. Barbosa. Wait, is it Bar... Wait, what is it? How do you actually pronounce it again? Barbosa. Barbosa. Uh-huh. See, I read it when I didn't know anything about pirates mm-hmm. as Barbosa, and I'm like, I am the boss. So I picked that one. <laughs> I just think of all of them It's the least, like, childish. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, true. Blackbeard just sa- does not sound intimidating. It just sounds Blackbeard, like yeah. you got, you know, you have a black beard. Like, what is that, Anne? <laughs> <laughs> Captain Blackbeard. Whereas Barbosa's like, damn, he's got a cool ass name. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you'd be Barbosa and I'd be a Barbosa and we'd be good to go. Same thing, yeah. There we go. But I think of, um, oh, what do I think of when you say Barbosa? Kilbasa. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. Okay, number nine. So two more questions. All right. What island would you claim as your own? A, England. B, Australia. C, Bermuda. D, the Azores. And E, Sicily. I'm going to go with England. I also said England. Hot damn. (laughs) We're going to have the same answer. No, we have a little variations. I hope we're in different areas, but either way, it would just make, it would track. Yeah. What would the name of your ship be? A. Dark Voyager. Mm. B. Black Pearl. C. Jolly Roger. D. The Pillager. Or E. Davy Jones. Well, you know, the Black Pearl is also from Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, that's so funny. So they got a lot of inspo from there. Um, Because I also put Black Pearl. That's the one I was about to choose. (laughs) Because I was going to say Jolly Roger because, you know, I'm a, I'm a merchant and merchants are jolly. Right. The but whole time real, you're a merchant pirate. But even with my pacifist <laughs> self, I'm going to go with the Black Pearl because that just sounds oh intimidating and beautiful at the same time. Okay. Also, Black Pearl definitely appealed to me. I put that one as well. And mm-hmm. I kept my answers. So my total was 33. Okay. I don't know what yours is, but let me just see which ones were different and then we'll see. So we'll read yours first. You got 23 points, which puts you in this range here, 18 to 25 which means that what is in your treasure chest what is in there rubies (gasps) emeralds (gasps) sapphires and diamonds okay honestly (laughs) those are like my colors like emeralds um any kind of jewel tones yeah jewel tones yeah oh my god you got them okay and there's even an explanation we can see if this is true yeah your treasure chest is filled with precious gemstones You love the color and beauty of stones and the high dollar value of diamonds. Mm -hmm. You love to adorn yourself with your conquests and often use them in your attire to display your wealth. I can't lie. (laughs) I do love a good jewel or diamond. You wear jewelry. I do. I don't. So this is actually relevant. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. All my earrings. (laughs) Yes. All your earrings. You do have a lot of earrings. Five. Six, seven earrings. We could not be more opposite in that category. Right. I know. I don't even have my ears pierced. Right. Can't be wearing them gems. You you needed the gems. I needed okay. the gems. Yep. So you got the gems. We got that. That's what's in your chest. And what's in yours? Uh, gosh. Okay, I'm 33. So I'm right on the cusp. Hmm. But I'm in this category, 26 to 33. Bars of gold and gold coins. Hmm. Your treasure chest is filled with gold, gold, and gold. Oh. You love gold. And in your mind, it is the only thing in life of value. Ooh, that's <laughs> kind of sad right (laughs) from gold coins to bars of gold you want it all (laughs) but you know if we think about it gold could be a metaphor oh my (laughs) for all the best parts of life and you want it all i want it all (laughs) i want all the gold i want all of life gold is a metaphor oh my gosh we'll go with gold's a metaphor metaphor. 
Because I always say like money doesn't motivate me. So okay, that's what was in our pirate's chest. I love so there it. We go. Boom. So today we're gonna talk about a couple different things. Yep. And I'm gonna present my theory to you and then I wanna hear your thoughts. Okay. Okay. Dating versus your job search. Mm-hmm. But not really versus. Mm-hmm. Just what's I've realized recently is what if we look at our job search through the lens of dating. And if we looked at mm. dating through the lens of you're looking for a job. I love that. Okay. So it yes. already makes sense. Yes. Okay. Because I'm thinking I get all these emotions involved with people, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So, but what if I went on a date mm-hmm. and was like, okay, so obviously you're like, okay, are we having a good time? Whatever. But also, mm-hmm. is this going to be a good fit for me? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So like, okay, I'm looking at what do they have to offer? What do I have to offer? Are we going to match? Do we have the same needs, the mm-hmm. same life goals, right. all that stuff, which I mean, I'm sure people think about dating like that anyway, but I didn't until yeah. I thought of it this way. Right. Yeah. And then you look at a job search, like, like, oh, we're going to spend a lot of time together mm-hmm. at this job. Yep. And am I really going to fit in? And being honest about who you are and not just trying to get the job. Right. But actually presenting who you are as a person. Yeah. And I think that I would have gotten into, I'm super grateful for my experiences, but if I had even been more honest about, hey, here's what I'm willing to do, or here's my deal breakers. Mm-hmm. And then the person hiring could say, well, there's going to be a lot of that here. Are you willing to put up with it? Right. And then I be able to make a more educated decision. Right. And here's where, you know, my weaknesses are. And if that's what's really heavy in the job, then you need to have that up front. So that makes a lot of sense looking at it like, you know, you need to know those things, like what your partner's weaknesses are and if you're willing to put up with them. Yeah. And that those two things are actually really similar Mm -hmm. because you're looking for some kind of commitment and either way, and also then not feeling so, okay, here's kind of what I was thinking too about the, if you're looking at your job search through a dating lens, right? Mm Mm-hmm. It's okay to let a job go. You don't have to accept the job. Right. Right? Or you don't have to get every job. Or even if you think it's going well, you can let it go for any reason. There can be deal breakers with jobs, just like there can be deal breakers with relationships. Yep. And I feel like nobody's talking about this. That's so true. (laughs) No, you're really right. I don't think I've ever heard, even in the Center for Career Development at Wesleyan, our college, I don't think I've ever heard it described like that. And it really should be because it's like, they are swapped. You have to take the emotions out or you have to put your emotions in. Um, So that's, you really do, when you're looking for a job, need to be emotionally aware of what this job is going to require and what the company's environment environment is like and all of that and with people like you said your emotions are so strong with them you need to look at the bullet points just like you would at a job yeah I mean you're gonna be with the people that you work with unless you work remote mm-hmm. um even then you're interacting even with then them. yeah yeah so you're gonna be with them more than you're with whoever you live with yeah. or whoever you're dating or whatever so true so that is very key Yeah, that team that you're going to work with, I mean, if they're not letting you meet them, interact with them, Mm -hmm. maybe ask for that because you really are. I mean, I was in an interview recently where I straight up asked, I was, you know, with people who would have been my coworkers and I said, what are you expecting out of this person? Who are you guys looking for? What do you want? What kind of person are you looking to work with? And Mm -hmm. am I that person? Right. I don't know. Mm -hmm. You tell me. But that's such a like advanced question to ask because that's like, who thinks to ask that? And um, you're really good about being analytical like that and knowing where to go to get those answers because, yeah, that's such important knowledge. Like you said, you work with these people more than you live with your partner or live with your children or live at home. So knowing what their expectations are. Or because even because the job description could say one thing, but they're expecting something different from you. Right. Which is so annoying. Yeah. Can we just, just, like, the job description is supposed to be explaining the environment pretty well and they all always sugarcoat it so always expect that to be a little off you yes. know sometimes the place really it's fun and of course there's drama everywhere but sometimes that's true but then other times you get into an environment and it's really catty or it's really like um everybody expects so much of everybody that they're always disappointed um you know so just being cognizant of that which again talking about dating yeah just like what you gotta find out is you gotta those little know intricacies. and sometimes it is hard because you don't know after the first interview and you don't know after the first date so you might need a couple mm-hmm. to really know and that's why I'm happy 
that there usually is a structure of having multiple interviews where you can think of things and ask the questions you want to ask. Yes. Even on the side of hiring people. Mm -hmm. I've said before, okay, I had an interview. It went really well. This person's a really great candidate. They're Mm -hmm. awesome. They're great at marketing or whatever we were hiring for at the time. But they're not going to fit in here. Mm. I know that. Mm -hmm. But they kick back with messages saying, okay, I get that I'm not moving forward in the process, but can you give me some feedback? Why? Mm. Did I do something wrong in the interview? Did I whatever? And I just respond, no, we're just moving forward with candidates. They're going to be a better fit. And that's what they mean. Yeah. And you kind of do have to trust and take that in and, and don't take it to heart. Yeah. In a job search or in dating. Sometimes people know themselves mm-hmm. to say no. Yeah. You know, I'm eventually going to date again. And then I plan on just saying, you know what, never mind. If you say something that I know I'm not going to want to deal with long term, mm-hmm. I'm going to do both of us a favor. Yeah. Just cut this short. Yeah. <laughs> we're done here. <laughs> what? did I do wrong? You didn't do anything wrong. Right. It's, it's just, just, we're not a good fit. Yep. It's not going to work. Trust me. Oh me. You're going to hate me in three months. Yep. <laughs> just, you are. Just take my word for it. Mm-hmm. And also knowing yourself. But we wouldn't have known this information right out of college. Oh no. Of course not. Mm-mm. We were almost desperate for the first job that came along that offered enough. Um, and even trying to actively not be desperate. Right. Yeah. Cause we weren't, we didn't come out of college with like a resume that needed padding. Like we had both done a lot of work. Our grades were great. We worked our asses off and it showed on our resumes and in our cover letters and we interviewed well. So it's not like we were desperate, but it felt like that rush to like before graduation or right after graduation to find something. Yeah, the shame of when yes. I got that uh, survey mm-hmm. and it said, okay, you know, do you have a job now? And then I got it six months later again, because mm-hmm. I get it. They need that data. Yeah. We want to bring more people into the, the school. The survey from Wesleyan. Yes. Our, like, post, our graduating survey. Yep. Our yep. graduating survey. And then one later, because they collect data to tell incoming freshmen mm-hmm. who are prospects, that's the word, mm-hmm. hey, you know, if your kid, you, a lot of parents are involved. If your kid comes to Wesleyan, they're going to come out of here with a job. Look at this. 60% of our graduates. Yeah, it was something crazy, like an 80% rate yep. or something. And I know that, but you had an extra challenge of... You were looking for jobs out of state yeah. and people don't really like you to apply for jobs if you're out of state because that means you'll have to move and both that means waiting longer for the person to start and also not being 100% sure that the person is willing to move. Like they'll say, oh yeah, I'll move for this job and then hi- they'll hire you and the next week you say, oh, never mind, sorry, you know, and it takes a week or two for people to come back with those answers. It's always, we had people applying to the job my last full-time job people were applying to it as I was leaving and if they were out of state my boss told me like don't really unless their resume is incredible don't waste your time because they are not going to move here for this position because it's an entry-level position you know and but well, we don't sucks, know if but, they're moving or not right and it sucks that that's the perception because I was mm-hmm. for sure moving right and just needed a job yeah and so I guess <laughs> in your cover letter you really mm-hmm. have to write you have to write a cover letter in that instance for sure be like no matter what I'm moving guys but (laughs) I can be there for other reasons Mm -hmm. and I now need a job once I get there because they'll think you're also trying to get relocation right um and people are cheap yeah people are cheap I mean people are companies are cheap but not in like a bad way just Mm -hmm. uh they have to preserve and whatever but if they can save they will they can find a candidate who's just as good as you or even a little bit worse and they don't have to pay for it they'll do it so Mm -hmm. you have to be stellar yeah sucks but and sometimes that goes against you if you're too good for a job because they know that you're going to leave before Mm -hmm. too long um but kind of going back to if you're out of state that one company was weird about hiring if you were out of a 30 minute radius because they were tired of like me and one other person that lived 30 minutes away 45 minutes away if traffic hit and we Mm. were late it would impact them but I felt like that was kind of unfair to an extent because the right person will drive an hour and a half each day me right like (laughs) the right person really will for the for the right job so it's companies also need to become more cognizant of that of like people the people are are individuals 
and they have their individual needs, wants, and abilities. I wasn't able to make that 45 minute trip anymore, you know, right. one one way. But the right person, a healthy, <laughs> a healthy right. new um, graduate, mm-hmm. uh, XYZ, is willing to make that drive and able and probably will leave a lot earlier than I did. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Because I was in my phase where I I was late kind of often. Mm -hmm. And that's on me. And I would make it up by, you know, leaving lunch early or something. But I just at that point wasn't a good worker. And that's when I decided, okay, physically, I can't handle this anymore. Not only is it affecting me, but now it's impacting my coworkers. Because when I'm not there, they have to pick up my slack. And as soon as I recognize that. And they're building resentment. Exactly. And there was definitely resentment by the time I left. Yeah. For sure. And I felt bad. And, you know, that's one of my big regrets is not taking care, not being more aware and not doing doing being more proactive I mean I was proactive in a way but at the same time I should have been getting up an hour earlier you know like I needed that hour to get moving but also yes but also you didn't know so side note Laura has a progressive disability Mm -hmm. so it gets worse you didn't know Mm -hmm. when you graduated college how bad it was gonna get and how much it was gonna decline in a short period of time and then COVID then everything so Mm -hmm. I just think that's I understand and we I feel like we kind of believe in the concept of you need to be you a hundred percent but you also always need to work on doing better yeah um so I appreciate your reflection (laughs) but also no (laughs) (laughs) but also I guess there there could have been more forgiveness on their end yes from the co-workers the company itself was like there were moments on both of our ends the Mm -hmm. company itself was pretty okay like they let me take off for two full weeks when I was getting my surgery and then they let me work from home for like a month doing a few hours here and there you know so and what company really will let you do that yeah so I was lucky in that regard um but the on the individual levels that's where there was some I think it's just it's where you're at it's where you're at in life right so if we're Mm -hmm. going back to this whole concept right your resume and your cover letter mm-hmm. are like your dating profile yeah and what you were talking about before of not discounting somebody because they live 30 minutes away also why mm-hmm. you don't put your exact address on your resume oh, you really? put uh the greater atlanta area oh oh or I, yes. the yeah so that they don't know where you live so that doesn't happen so Smart. plot twist on that one yeah you don't actually say your real address how do i, I not know this i don't know i what? You're so right, though. I did it. I found out this secret on accident because I was with somebody who didn't want address listed on the resume. Right. But it worked because nobody yeah. cared. They didn't know where I lived. And well, I was just, yeah, I mean, pack. I drove here. It wasn't that bad. Sure. Sure. Um, But this is your, this is your resume. It's your dating profile. It's your cover letter. That's your dating profile. And, and also companies and employees alike looking at it as, that mm-hmm. right and critiquing the different parts of it and what do you have so you have your resume and then they can pick apart bits and pieces of it but I think you have a really good point of sometimes they throw out resumes for random reasons that don't really matter mm-hmm. and I'm a big fan of identifying within your company when you've posted a job here are things that we're not going to bring in mm-hmm. and looking at every resume I was in a small business so I looked at every resume mm-hmm. and I had only very specific red flags that I would say okay we're not even going to contact an interview yeah then do a phone screening have your questions ready for whatever you want to quiz them on specifically about their resume yeah and then from there decide if you want to bring them in in person I think that's why they have this process because there can be little red flags but it also could be nothing right which is so complicated and there's so many nuances it's hard to tell the difference um I'll tell you one red flag what that made me think of with resumes oh it's so funny because sometimes it really isn't your fault that you don't get selected past the resume submitting phase yeah so Sometimes it really, like you said, is because you live out too far for the company. They have a red flag, whatever. Or you see they've worked at X, Y, and Z company and they had this experience. They're not going to work here. Right. You know, you're if just, you no. have a PhD, you're not going to get an entry level job in that same field, more than likely. Yeah. Um, unless you're starting back after a long hiatus or something. You know, there's always right. individuals. Yeah. But if you're looking at the resume and you're like... I don't know. It, it, you think it's the stereotypical progression of a career and you know they're not going to go backwards. That's one red flag. But <laughs> I was at a job at an all-women's gym. So I not only went to an all-women's college, I worked at an all-women's gym. Um, it, I, and by the time I was leaving, we were hiring new people because, again, I was graduating college. I knew I didn't want to work there full time. So we're hiring for the front desk assistant position, which is what I had. 
And this one person submitted their application on Indeed, and I was reading their resume, and it was the worst resume I've read in my entire life. And not like, and oh, the grammar was bad. Like, I mean, yes, but then it, at one point they worked at a pickle factory. So on their resume, they said like under duties, it was like package the pickles, um, stamped the pickles. Like, and it went oh down gosh. on the whole process. And then it said oh at the no. last, like, I love working with pickles, exclamation mark. Oh, no. Yeah, it was oh, like, no. did you proofread this at all? Or were you applying to another another pickle factory or something? Oh, because what the hell? It was the weirdest. They need some help. I laughed for a good hour after reading that resume. Yeah. It put me in such a better mood. But I felt so bad that they, like, oh. no, they're not going to find a place other than a pickle factory with that resume because it just keeps talking about how much they work with pickles. And you have to. To tailor your resume I'm just saying yes. it's a lot of work but you you just have to and I know we're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna touch on that later because we definitely want we have to give you some advice on that but I do want to we'll end on your pickle resume because pickle we'll need <laughs> well um well we definitely need to segue to friendships post-grad so yes let us know your thoughts on kind of our theory of you know dating and then the job search and how you can look at it differently and if you have a more eloquent way of explaining it we would love to hear it for sure definitely Definitely interact with us on Instagram. So we're going to shift into friendships post-grad. Mm-hmm. So where do you want to start? Well, we'll start with us and our story. Um, we graduated from Westland in 2019 and we're both from Georgia and you moved up north. And part of me was nervous because I know myself and I know I'm not great with long distance. Well, I am when it's the right chemistry. But like f- certain friends, you know, are friends that if you're in the area, you can catch right back up. But as far as talking day to day that's not so easy for me because of my introvert tendencies and then also out of sight out of mind I think we touched on that a little bit in the last episode so they're kind of hard for me but when you're in the right relationship you can make anything work because we both made long distance relationships with significant others work yeah Mm -hmm. so we knew we had experience we did and that really did make a difference knowing how much work you have to put into it and there were times we both put in more work than the other you you put more work in than me for a lot well, of that. Okay, well, what's funny is now that we're talking about it, I was talking to Ashley, one of our other friends, about this mm-hmm. recently, and I realized we were all really bad that first year. Yeah. I mean, and not even that blaming you for being bad or no. me. I feel mm-hmm. we were all going through a ton of stuff. Yeah. You were going through back surgery. You had all mm-hmm. kinds of doctor's appointments. Um, And obviously, I did pay attention to when you were in back surgery. I'm of not course. a horrible human, but <laughs> I wasn't physically here. Right. Um, But we were all going through stuff you know I was Mm -hmm. in a not so great relationship and was trying to figure that out and didn't know how to talk about it yeah and then um you know you were going through a lot of stuff and then Ashley was going through a bunch of stuff and then I just feel like things shifted Mm -hmm. and suddenly I needed you guys yeah I mean for lack of a better word yeah I had I just didn't know where else to turn yeah and and that is sometimes that's the wake-up call that you Mm -hmm. need of like okay we need to nurture this relationship more because didn't we I feel like we maybe zoomed or did a group Facebook video chat once, once. every few months. It was yeah. one time. And uh, then, once or twice, yeah. Yeah, literally twice. In a year. In a year. And we, we would we'd, talk a little bit. Right, and we'd message, and Marco Polo would have been really helpful to have then. Yes. And that was a game changer for our friendship, I think. Oh my gosh, yes. Because we kept up to date, mm-hmm. and I would check once a, once a day usually, or once every two days. I'd check, and all of a sudden I'd know up to the, up to the minute of what was going on. And we could talk that way, so it wasn't like... Because I work different hours, so I was able to Marco Polo at a different time when y'all couldn't talk, but then I would take my rest because, you know, I'm falling apart, and when that was happening, you guys could watch my Marco Polo and respond, and then when I was okay, and... Yeah, so not sponsored by Marco Polo, we wish. We wish Marco Polo hit us (laughs) up. Marco Polo was such a huge game changer. So I went through a huge change. Like I ended my relationship and I really Mm -hmm. relied on you guys. And we were texting and talking and we had a Facebook group chat that never died. But then it was you who was who said, hey, we should do Marco Polo. Yeah. I didn't know what it was. It's basically Snapchat, but the videos stay there. Mm-hmm. And for small groups. Yes. 
Mm-hmm. And it's for kind of this this uh, thing. And I loved it because anytime something silly would happen mm-hmm. or some, just any dumb story during my day, I would hop yeah. on Marco Polo and tell you guys about it. Yeah. So it wasn't just, it turned into less of, here are these big, massive updates in my life mm-hmm. to, oh my gosh, look at what I got for lunch today. <laughs> let me tell you what this bitch said yeah. today. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me tell you what really happened today. Or yes. this just happened and I have to tell you about yes. it. And you can tell them about it immediately because you can do it on this Marco Polo thing. You don't have to wait for mm-hmm. a phone call. Right. And so we had we had that and that started building that relationship back up again. So um, I feel like at the end of the day, though, if you were to call and say, I need you up here, or I called and said, I need yep. you down here, we would have been there. Like, there were times that Trent and I looked at plane tickets after, like, a rough night. <laughs> <laughs> like, we were ready, you know, things like that, that, like, it never stopped. The love never stopped. Mm-mm. And the intensity of our friendship didn't stop. It just, the frequency with which and how we nurtured it was different. And so I feel like we did a lot better after Marco Polo, because then it, it it sparked more conversations for us to call too. Yeah. And also reminded each other to call because I would realize, oh, I haven't watched the Marco Polos in two days because you would have the notification. I'd be like, oh, I haven't watched those. I'll watch them. And then that would prompt me to call and be like, hey, what's the follow-up on this? Or you'd forget what somebody was going through, not in a bad way, but just you're living your life. And then you forget that, oh my gosh, your friend was going through this thing Mm -hmm. and they're having recurring memories about it. Or, hey, this thing came up and it reminded me of this hard time. Mm -hmm. And then you know to be there for that person without having to remember, which sounds really horrible. But no, yeah. And I all, but I also have friends who I can just see for a quick weekend trip, and it's like no time has passed, yeah. and we don't stay in touch twenty four seven. Right. So it's different for each relationship. Mm-hmm. And ours is very. We do a lot better when we do talk more frequently. Not yeah. like we ever were in a bad place. No. Never, never bad. Just it, it feels different. Like I don't know the frequency with which we communicate really kind of of impacts how I perceive our friendship and how I feel more confident in our friendship because I'm one of those people that if I don't get those words of affirmation like we talked yeah. about before if I don't get that I feel like oh she's upset at me or you know I start spiraling within my own head not because of anything you did but because my brain is, self- is self-sabotaging like it wants me to think that oh everybody hates me and so, no and absolutely <laughs> right, not right exactly but you're you're sparking something for me that I wanted to talk about at some point. Okay. And now's probably a good time. Sure. Because I feel like people are going to wonder, how do you have a good friendship? Or mm-hmm. I feel like even in college, people thought we were going to stop being friends. Yes. And how did we kind of push through that and not do that? And I'll tell you what it is. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Honesty scone. Honesty scone. <laughs> yes. I feel like that. Is the reason why we're still friends. It really is. Yep. We've had many Honesty Scone sessions where it's like mm-hmm. Honesty Scone XYZ. So that's from a show, The End of the World. I think it's called No Tomorrow. No Tomorrow. That's a different, that's a movie, like The End of the F***ing World yes. or something like that. But <laughs> it's called No Tomorrow and I was obsessed with this show and I made you watch it. I think it's still on Netflix. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. And um, I don't remember most of the show. It was a good show. I just don't remember all of it. And But there was this part where Honesty Scone, when you say honesty scone, you have you speak your mind and the other person can't get mad. And what you're saying, you know that what you're saying is coming out of love, not anger, not being vindictive, just... And they can't pass judgment. It's, hey, here's how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. And how are we going to move forward? Right. And the honesty scone immediately puts me not on guard. Yes. Or whatever. Whoever's doing it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, you know, honesty scone. It's like, okay, we're about to have a real talk here. Real talk. But also, and it can be something as simple. Like, I've, with, I've stolen it from our relationship because of how well it worked. I've used it with me and Trent, you know, my husband. I'll sometimes be like, honesty scone, I'm feeling like this today. And I just need more... Um, validation or xyz and it really is a game changer so some of our biggest fights ended with honesty scones and once we did that it's like oh okay well now i see where you're coming from and it's not just a response to anger right it's that really was it provides a safe space to talk where i feel like especially with um and i know this about myself so i'm aware okay (laughs) that it might be scary to bring things to my attention because i'm gonna be like no that is not or whatever be kind of like you might not want to 
bring something up to me. But because we have created the honesty scone, right? you can say, hey, so I have an honesty scone. Well, and it's less too about <laughs> how you react and more about how I think somebody's going to react. Yeah. So even as the person that gives the honesty scone, you feel, like you said, safer and like it's a safe place to say what's on your mind and because the other person can't get mad. Like that's the rule. If you get mad, honesty scone is, <laughs> is moot. <laughs> it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't apply. You have to be able to talk to your friends and have those tough conversations where, like, I forget what one of our biggest fights were, but we had, this, like, you you were really upset at me, and I reacted really harshly, and you got really yep. upset with how mad I got, and I remember, like, we had an honesty scone of, like... Here's how I'm feeling, here's how you were feeling, mm-hmm. and here's why I did it, and here's why you did it. Right. And now that we know that about each other, mm-hmm. we can make those adjustments. And, to, and from that, you learn so much more about how to have a good fight but also fight have a good conversation or disagreement Mm -hmm. but then you also learn how to avoid it in the future because now you know if I make this face it doesn't mean I'm gonna you know snap it just means like I'm processing or that's how I've learned with you too because like you have you make a face and I like my brain is like oh my god she hates me now and I'm (laughs) but what it's really it means you're processing Mm -hmm. and so because of those honesty scones I might not have figured that out naturally because of course I'm gonna think it's my fault not Oh, Amber's processing. Well, because I I remember a couple of things, actually. Mm -hmm. So the one that I remember from... One I remember from college, and then Mm -hmm. one recently. Okay. One from college was... I don't remember who brought it up, but it was... You were like, I don't like that you make me feel bad for going home on the weekend. Oh, yeah. And it was because um, I would constantly say... Oh, do you want to go do this this weekend? And you go, oh, I have to go home. Oh, yeah, you have to go home. And I I was explaining to you... that I forget that you're going home. Right. <laughs> it's so not, it's just a disappointment thing. Right. It's yeah. just every time you remind me that you're going home, I'm going to be as equally disappointed every as the time. first time that you told me that you're going home for the weekend. And to me, it was like, not that you were trying to guilt me. That That's not the word. But like but along kinda. the lines, along yeah. those lines of like, I wasn't sure if you were trying to make me feel bad or what the deal is. Because that was also... Our first year of friendship, I think. First year or two. Yeah, first couple. After, after like the second half of sophomore year, I didn't really go home as much. It was definitely freshman year. Yeah. This was in early stages. We discovered No Tomorrow and Honesty Scone our freshman year. Really? That's so wild. So it's yeah. been a long time. And it's, thank goodness for that show. Mm-hmm. Um, but It's a God thing. I'm just saying. It's yeah. a God thing. I'm Yeah, for sure. And I remember it because you were like going to get laundry. I remember the conversation on the stairwell. Oh, really? That's wild. Yeah, because I remember thinking, yeah, why do I get disappointed? every time she says she's going home and then really trying to have to think about that for myself Mm -hmm. and understanding why I'm doing it to then Mm -hmm. explain to you why I do it and then it was actually a good thing yeah because oh she's actually really that disappointed every time I tell her and that's kind of flattering right it was very validating like it really was a good um you're wanted yes and I need to know that yep and so it was a good it was a good like I said disagreement that we learned from it so now when I don't know like now when certain things happen I'm like it's not that she's trying to like she she's telling me she misses me or she's telling me this 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 by her actions and then the recent one. Is that the birthday? Yes, yes. it was the birthday. <laughs> I was, I know. That's basically the only one that we've had for a while. Mm-hmm. It was the yeah. birthday one. And it wasn't I, even like an angry fight. No, no, no. It started out very like, honesty scone. I just suck. No. <laughs> no that, you can't get mad. I don't, I don't suck. But I really do forget what day it is. Yeah. <laughs> and that's with me with out of sight, out of mind. Yes. Yeah, for sure. I literally told everybody about the fact that your birthday was coming up. Had told people I worked with, oh yeah, my friend's birthday's coming up. It's on Valentine's Day. Isn't that so cool? Yeah. And like told everybody about it. And then Valentine's Day comes Mm -hmm. and I just apparently don't know it's your birthday anymore. Right. (laughs) Because we had talked about it before, like you had asked me what I wanted for my birthday. I bought you a present. You had bought me a present, all of the things. And so the day rolls around and I hear nothing from Amber. (laughs) And I'm getting all these happy birthday messages from family, from friends. And I'm like, okay, but I'm thinking like, I hope Amber's okay. Like I, because I forget where we were in stages of life. I feel like that might have been during a tumultuous time for you. I mean, what was I doing that day? Because it was February and craziness had gone around then. No. No, that was March, wasn't it? Yeah. That no, was that was May. May, May. No, May. June. It was pre-protest. That's right. So, basically, that day, I'd woken up. My friend that I'd met from Bumble Friends mm-hmm. up north 
yeah. was like, hey, I'm having this Valentine's Day party. I'm like, cool. Mm-hmm. And then I had some kind of like weird FaceTime date planned. Mm-hmm. Whatever. So basically just woke up, got ready, and then just went about my day of things I had to remember to do that day. Right. And so... unfortunately, <laughs> it being your birthday was not on my list. And that's and that's fine because like, and at first I was like, is it that I do something? Is always going to be my first yes. instinct. Because I feel like the day before, not that we got upset at each other or anything like that, but it, you know, I, something that had happened made me think, oh, did I say something wrong? And that it came off bad and hurt her feelings or something. And Maybe. what's so funny is I don't think you've ever hurt my feelings. Wow. That's incredible. <laughs> the fact of how much you think about hurting my feelings versus how many times you've actually hurt my feelings in six years is zero to like a thousand. A thousand, right. Because <laughs> I definitely, I'm always cognizant of like what my actions could do to other people because I know that I'm a sensitive person. So I always kind of assume that everybody else is sensitive so that I avoid hurting people's feelings, which is probably way too excessive. I mean, look, I definitely did think at one point that you were lying about being sick to not hang out with me, but... Oh, but now we know. We know now that you were actually sick. (laughs) I just thought, yeah, I remember talking to somebody and being like, man, Laura says she's sick again. I wish she would just tell me she didn't want to hang out with me. Oh, no. Right. Well, it wouldn't I, hurt my feelings. Right. <laughs> Just tell me you don't want to go to Starbucks. It's fine. But now we know. Yeah, yeah and you were we actually there. ill. Yeah. So sorry about that. No, I because I wish I knew at the time the, the vocabulary to be like, mm-hmm. no, this is something's weird. Something's off. Because it wasn't, it was another like year or two before we figured out what was going on. But um, yeah, so the birthday thing, I and I just went up to Amber and I, or went up and called. And <laughs> you said, texted me. You said, uh, I have to talk to you about something. Yes, it was like the next day. Yeah. And I said, I have to talk to you. And when we called, I'm sure you were like, what the hell? No, you, I think you texted me. You said, honestly, you te- it was all oh, over text. It was. I was at work. Okay, yeah. That sounds like me over, yeah. over text versus calling because I don't do all, confrontation well. All text. And I was just like, honesty scone, it hurt my feelings yesterday when I didn't hear from you. And you just instantly <laughs> came back like, oh my god, Laura, I'm so sorry. Like, I knew it was your birthday. I just totally forgot. Da, da, da. And as soon as you were saying all that, I was like, that makes sense. Yeah. And instantly any kind of feelings I had were like dissipated because it's like, no, you're right. It, it, it was just you know, out of sight, out of mind. The day was, you know, the day was just a random Wednesday. It and, didn't... you know, if it makes you feel any better, it's not just you because yeah. my mom's birthday, same thing. Mm-hmm. I knew it was her birthday. Mm-hmm. I sent her flowers. Yeah. I did all the things. Yep. And then my dad texted me, you know, you should probably call your mom. It's her birthday. <laughs> no, I think at first he said you should probably call your mom. And I was like, why should I call my mom? I thought, is everything all so, right? Right. I just don't know the date. Right. Sue me. I don't. I've done that a lot lately where I've had a doctor's appointment the day before. Thought about all the different things I needed to do for the doctor's appointment the next day. The day mm-hmm. shows up. I get my notification on my phone. Ten minutes. And I'm supposed to be at a doctor's appointment 45 minutes away. <laughs> right. So that's why I live by my calendar. If I didn't have my calendar... And I have it set to where whenever I make an event for like a person's birthday or whatever, it reminds me a week before, a day before, an hour before, 30 minutes before, and 10 minutes. And I feel like that was also an honesty scone at one point because once you got Google Calendar and really got into it, that was a game changer too because... I'd be like, hey, I'll come by your room in five minutes, pick you up for dinner. And you'd go, um, did we have dinner plans? <laughs> and it was like, yes. We, yeah. We almost always had dinner plans. But right. Like, but certain days of week, like, I would just, I don't know, certain days I would just forget. And so, but once I got Google calendars, yep. I lived by that shit. Because it, and it, it's a brilliant tool. It really is. We'd if be I at my dinner. Cal- yeah. And be talking about doing something. You go, well, hold on just one second. You're like, I'm not being rude. I'm putting it in my calendar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like scrolling through your phone <laughs> because I I put in my calendar to call my family once a week because mm-hmm. just the same thing of I forget how long it's been since I last talked to my family I have in my phone I'm going to text or call my family once a week because otherwise I would forget to call my family or friends or whoever I haven't checked in which with which is genius it's and you I tried gotta... to get me on it too, but I just it, it works for me. Whatever <laughs> yeah. people's systems are works for them. You're good. You're good with your agenda. Like you have your yes. agenda and calendar, like physical form. I need electronic because I'll forget to look at the physical. You know. Yep. But um, so find what way works for you. But we figured it out. But honestly, yeah. honesty scone. I would say that was genius. 
Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be an honesty scone. Yeah. You can have be. anything, but you just have to have something that creates that space where someone's not going to get mad because we've had too many experiences where we might have come forward with our feelings and the other mm-hmm. person didn't respond really well. And that's mm-hmm. not the intention. The intention no. was to move forward in a constructive way mm-hmm. and continue having a relationship with them. Yeah. But because that space wasn't created and it's just such an easy quick fix. It really is. And you'll be surprised if you start using it, how much of a natural thing it is and how it really does let the person's guards down Mm -hmm. and it really does it states your intention and it brings guards down instantly like with just two words and all of that that space is created and it really because at first I thought oh it might be silly yeah like because it's silly words honesty scone like what the hell is that but like it really it really does it works magic so that is the perfect fix to in college relationships when things are changing your life is a mess because you're all over the place at school um and then post grad when your life is a mess because you're looking for a job yeah. you're getting used to your first job out of school um and all relationships all relationships honestly mm-hmm. and if you i mean if at any point you'd said honesty scone i can't handle this friendship right now oh. i'd have been like you know what that's cool we take a break <laughs> we'll take a break we take a break luckily never came to that no 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 um but we also kind of accidentally took breaks after mm-hmm. school anyway because we had we kind of needed that break too we had been so joined at the hip yeah during school that we had to learn how to function without each other there which was hard for me because like to go shopping by myself was all of a sudden a foreign idea because I had you and like yeah. when I would need to go places I, you would come with me and vice versa and so we needed that kind of a break that we took on accident to learn how to function without each other and also didn't because quick side note Laura texts me when one day. I need you to do something for me. Okay, what? I'm at work. Yeah. Okay, what do you need me to do? She says, there's a place. I need you to call them. And, <laughs> and I need you to ask them what green tea they use at their restaurant. I hate talking on the phone, which is now my job. Yes. So, but oh my god. She's like, I, I just need to know. She, do you mind calling? I go, yeah, absolutely. I'll call for you. So I call up this random place. I'm from the north. Like, I still have a Georgia phone number, so it's fine. Right. But I call in. The guy's like, yeah, what's up? How can I help you? Hi, I really love your green tea. Yeah. Can you please tell me what the box is? Yeah. He tells me all the info. Cool. Report back to Laura. We're good to go. And that was within the first year. Yeah. So that was good. So we still had moments where it was, we really need each other still. For sure. (laughs) Um... For sure, just still needed each other, 100%. And I call you, I'm feeling this type of way about this situation. What do you think about this situation? We were good with advice that year, too. We both needed each other, um, our input. So it was both a break and not a break at the same time. But it was just enough of a break that we learned how to function without each other, which, LOL, now we're back together. Yay! (laughs) Back to dependency! (laughs) But, like, it it is great to have your partner back. Yes! Which I have a a, a spouse, (laughs) but it's... (laughs) It's a different relationship. It's a different Look, we redefined our friendship, which Mm -hmm. I I saw a video about that, and it was about, like, redefining friendships Mm -hmm. and the ones that are really going to last and ones that sometimes are just for a season, just because you're close to them, just because you have classes with them. But sometimes it's it's something different, and we have something different. We do. We do. Us and our friend Ashley. The three of us have a really good um, three-way friendship thing going on. It's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Follow us on Instagram at Mildly Professional Podcast. And if you have any juicy stories or anything, or if you need career help or whatever, you or can just always comments to let us know we suck, you know. <laughs> yeah. Let us know. We would love the feedback. And we yeah, we want to do what's best for you guys and what's actually gonna be helpful. So you can DM us and interact with us on Instagram, or you can email us at mildlyprofessional249. 249 at gmail.com. Because I definitely typed in mildly professional pod. <laughs> and Gmail said mildly professional 249. 249 is So now that's it. our account yep. by accident, which really fits with mildly professional. Yes. Like it's a professional yes. email, just mildly. And if we ever get a massive following, you will all be part of the 249 crew, gang, whatever we decide. 249ers. 249ers. The 249ers, you guys pick. Something. So yeah. whatever everybody wants. But that is our show for this week. We'll come back to you again next Monday yep. with a new topic. A new topic. New day. Yay. Have a great week. This has been the Mildly Professional Podcast with Amber and Laura. Have a good one. Have a good one. Thanks, guys.